Hello and welcome to Mott Bites, episode 61. I'm Elaine Charles and I'm here with my co-host, Mike Thomas. Don't forget me. Oh yes, and Mac Bites Siri. In this episode, new toys at Mott Bites headquarters, Laura Croft rides again, and we play buzzword bingo in more ways than one, but more of that later. So, we've been missing in action, but not really. No, because we've been going live on Thursday nights for... Oh, five weeks now with our new project, MacBytesLearning.co.uk. We're officially launching in the new year, but we're sort of, though I'd say, fully in swing already, wouldn't you? I would say so, yes. We've had some great fun. We've had some great learning uh, opportunities. We have, yes. So um, if you want to know more about that, check out MacBytesLearning.co.uk and MacBytesLearn on Twitter. So far, we've done oh an evening on Pixelmator. That was the first one where we looked at Pixelmator 2, which had just been released that week. That was a fabulous night. Uh, then we took a look at cloud services. Um, we oh, 64 gig, I think, of free storage I found for us online. So that was another fantastic night. Then we took a, a double week tour of WordPress. How to install, configure, theme and all sorts really, wasn't it? So more on WordPress in the new year. And then we um, revisited Pixelmator for painless plastic surgery in Pixelmator. I had great fun. Yeah. And if you've not seen Elaine wielding the uh, Lara Croft tool, uh, you've not lived. Yes, exactly. That That's what Lara Croft had to do with it. Um, it, it actually, in Photoshop, it's called the Liquify tool. And is I remember it? it is. And when they added it to Photoshop, it was like, OK, so that's what it does. It You know, it pushes pixels around can't see a use for that until you realize that you can push all sorts of pixels around and do all sorts of things with it so i was demonstrating retouching images and um it got colloquially known as the lara croft tool i'm going to leave it to the MacBiter's imagination as to why that might be you know i we... actually thought it was called the lara croft tool oh please <laughs> <laughs> i'll admit it would be a marketing man's dream wouldn't it <laughs> Man being the word, yes. Yes, yes. Well, yes. So, we'll, um, we've seen it in Photoshop. We've seen it in Pixelmator. But uh, in the new year, we have Photoshop elements. So, I'm thinking Lara Croft will indeed ride again. But you need to catch up on what else we've been up to. Um, I finally did the Apple TV updates. Yes, I'd put them off long enough. Um, it was because, if you remember, there was a Duff update and it needed uh, a reset and, and it bricked certain Apple TVs as well. So I left well alone. And then another update came out and I assumed I'd be able to put the second update on without fiddling with the first. But no. So um, I said, don't press that button. You know, if it comes up and it says, don't, you know, update it or don't update, don't update it, leave it alone. That's the worst thing you could do. It's like telling a kid, isn't it? Don't press that. Yes, that's exactly what happened. So at the most inopportune moment, I got a call of, mm, the Apple TV's updating itself. What, itself? <laughs> oh, I might have pressed the wrong button. So I had to dive off and sort that out. Yes, there's 30 minutes I'll never see again. Oh, it was hideous. It did the first update, but it didn't automatically do the second. So you would have been left on that Duff update if you, ha if you hadn't have known. So I ran the first one. Uh, then you've got to re-put all your credentials in. So then when I ran the second one, I had to do that again. And it's horrible with that piddly little remote. 
So I'm hoping for better things from Apple in the new year with Apple TVs. I'd like to see a new one. That would be good. Uh, not really worried about features as long as it's got a better better keyboard setup would suit me fine so I can type stuff in. Otherwise, you're tempted to have like an open network or something. Or and password of password. I know, I can't really do... Even putting password in with that remote would be hideous. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, my network passwords are somewhat on the secure side. So it is doubly, doubly hideous. It's horrible. So um, yes, that, that's finally done on one of them. Haven't ventured to the other one yet. I'll save that for Christmas, I think. Treat myself. Um, we also mentioned Gusto last last time. I nearly said last week then. <laughs> Minster will have had a fit. <laughs> Last week? Yeah, never mind. So, Is that like last this time, week? sort of. Oh, don't say that this early, please. <laughs> yes, I mentioned Gusto. Get serious, get serious. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do the catch-up here. Um, yes, I said it was um, uh, an iPad editor for HTML files. And one of the problems was it didn't have line numbers. But there's been an update and it now has line numbers. You see, you've got me into all that trouble just to tell them <laughs> that it's got line numbers. I didn't even know we'd bought but it, But these you know. things matter. You yes, you said to me, "What was that gusto yeah, I'm again?" Yeah, install it. Yeah, really. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's not bad. It's um, I think like most apps on the iPad, I don't think you would choose to edit on there above a, a you know a real computer, real keyboard. But if you needed to, then then it's there. It's very similar in concept to Coda and Espresso, the way it works. You create projects, and within the projects, you have your PHP files, your HTML files. So it works in that kind of way, and you can FTP them up and down when you're out. So it's it's one of those it's handy to have. So, um, yes, it now has line numbers, which... I like line numbers in anything and everything because that's how I refer. I'm usually collaborating with people and it's it's far easier to say, you know, it's line 304 than, oh, me down a bit, up a bit, yeah, up a bit more, there, just just slightly down a fraction. So that I think that's good news that that's there. Um, another thing was um, Pixelmator 2, when we did our review, not last week, <clears throat> last time, um, I said the swatches panel had vanished which I found a very strange manoeuvre. Well, I've sort of solved the problem of that. Uh, I haven't discovered it in Pixelmator because it really has gone, but I found a way of working around it, and I've done a video of how. So um, I'll put a link in the show notes to that. It's on YouTube. And uh, guess what else reared its ugly head? Go on. Lesbian vampire killers. Ooh. Yes, <laughs> yes. I got told by Adam H, and I quote, it's a good film. Somebody else mentioned that. Uh, I think yesterday on Twitter, I think it was James, we, uh, they were discussing mm. 12 Days of Christmas. Yes, because that's where it came from. Obviously, I didn't purchase this film, which was a freebie. <laughs> and I, I seem to recall you didn't even download no. it. I, of course... Well, it's good for, for testing purposes. I need something that's DRM'd. That's what I tell myself anyway. I so, think um, James said that he hadn't finished watching it, so uh, maybe you two could get together. No, it's definitely a boy film. It's <laughs> definitely it? a boy film, I think. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking the boys might enjoy that somewhat more than I did. With Laura I've Croft. I've seen 30 seconds. No, no, three minutes I saw, didn't I? I was testing it and I saw three minutes. Anyway, I'm thinking what we need is a poll for Christmas. Should Elaine watch Lesbian Vampire Killers or not? Yes, no. Yes, yes, definitely. Oh, so I've already got one yes vote. Yes. Oh, dear. I didn't say I'd abide by it, though, did I? Mm. No, you see, because I'm going to be busy. Because the 12 Days of Christmas are back. 
Um, I didn't download the new app, but it did update my old one from last year. So if you've still got the 12 Days of Christmas app kicking around, it will automatically update to this year's. If not, download it. And from the 26th of December, for 12 days, you will get um, some freebies. I'm not going to say they'll be classics. <laughs> But lesbian vampire killers have sort of become that way, hasn't it? <laughs> you don't need the app, though, do you, to download the stuff? No, you don't. Um, uh, what I found was I did download a couple via the app and it puts it on your device, or it did last year. What it will probably do now is as soon as you open iTunes, if you've got your sync set up, it will re-download it into iTunes as well. So I did that for a couple of them and some of them I got on the desktop. It's just a nice way, you know, like if you're out and you've forgotten and you've only got 10 minutes to get today's freebie, it's a good way to get yeah, it. like you're out at 10 to midnight, you mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> and, and you want to download a three-gig film. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Actually, I don't know what it would do in those circumstances. Take you... most of your monthly bandwidth off. Well, think. it would, yeah. But could you purchase it and then tell it not to or something like that? That'd be mm. good to know. I shall test this. I shall test this for the MacBiters. That's what I'll do. So um, that's that's a good freebie coming up. Um, there's also a couple of bundles available at the moment that we discussed at MacBytes Learning. There was the productivity bundle that I thought was fantastic. My problem with these bundles is I've possibly got too much software. Did too much software. You can never have too much software. No, no, you can't have too much software. But you, but you can have too much software that you've already got. And then when the bundles come out, it's like, oh, I've got 10 out of 11 of those. So I probably sh shouldn't purchase that bundle. Um, but the productivity one I thought was amazing. The apps that are in it, I use all the time. There was BusyCal was in it. So it's worth it, to be honest, just for that. Uh, that one had um, default folder as well which was an app I had actually heard of on the Mac when I was still on Windows. Because do you remember um, Hypercam and Hypersnap? I do. Yeah, that guy made something very similar to default folder for Windows. And unfortunately, it doesn't work anymore because of the way that Microsoft have changed Windows. But default folder um, sort of enhances your file open and file save dialogues. And it's one of those apps that I've got lots of these apps, probably about... 50 of them that if you if it's not there on a new mac you tend to think it's broken so i can highly recommend those two and what else was in that bundle yeah i can't remember because I'm, i think um because we've got everything i didn't even look or well, i did look but i didn't take much too much notice you didn't look no didn't what which one was look. it i'll go and google it, I th it um, i'm trying to remember productive max productivemax.com now I can hear Max. you clicking. Yes, ProductiveMax.com. Fantastical. Fantastical. Yes, BusyCal, Home Inventory, Notebook, which I know you use all the time. I do. Default Folder, Launch Bar, which again, another one we use all the time, Calculator, which is a little piggy bank, and Tags. Hmm. No, I'd say there, there's five, well, five. That's pretty good because the yeah, bundle is only $40. For $40, yeah. So I'd say five of them I definitely use. Uh, Fantastical, Notebook, BusyCal, Default Folder and Launch Bar. And that is on for the next nine, ten days. So definitely, definitely worth going along and having a look at that. One of the other ones is the Mac Update Bundle. Again, mm, what was on there? Mm, it's mupromo.com, I think, that one. Yeah, just before so we do, Fantastical. I don't use that, but... Looking at it, it's, is it is it like an alternative to BusyCal? No, it it's um, a menu bar application. It sits in the menu bar and it means that you can add um, events 
and you can look at your calendar in like a drop down. What makes right. it so good is that you can actually put them in in natural language. So you could say, make me an appointment two o'clock with Fred next Thursday. Mm. And it would create it in that way. I do like having um, a drop down somewhere or a, or a small window where I've got a sort of bird's eye view of my calendar. Now, Fantastical doesn't sit there open all the time like something like today would. But it's you can put a hot key in so you can just bring it up, look at it and then close it automatically. The good thing with Fantastical is, um, by comparison with something like today, is that it works with BusyCal and today only works with iCal. Now, way back before Lion, that shouldn't have made a difference. And in fact, with today, it didn't make a difference because BusyCal and iCal both used exactly the same data store. But I'm finding that today doesn't work unless iCal is up to date. And iCal is not kept up to date if you don't run it because you're running BusyCal. So uh, there was an update. I think the original Fantastical had the same problem, but they updated it and it now works with BusyCal. So today doesn't, Fantastical does. So those apps are brilliant. I think that is a great bundle. The other one you've just mentioned, Mac Update Promo, there's a lot of stuff in that. And a lot of those I've got. Yes. Tech Tool Pro, Icon Box, Total Finder, Postbox 3, which of course we've got. Font Pack Pro Master Labels and Addresses, Mac DVD Ripper, which we, which we did a review of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Back in Focus, Never Winter Nights 2. Here. That's sounding a bit lesbian vampire killers <laughs> that one. What is it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I know. It, There's the, one um, there I've not heard of. Yes, the picture does look a little bit like a. Oh, dear It's a role playing me. game. With infinite possibilities. <laughs> mm. iClip? Yes, maybe not. <laughs> iClip, haven't we got that? We had iClip from uh, eons ago, and then it kind of died a death. It's been bought by another company, and they have re-released it to much fanfare, and it is now iClip 5. And folder synchronizer. Um, um, total value is $741, all for $50. $50. Well, I've already got um, Iconbox. Use that all the time. It's like it's um, an organizer for, for icons. So I use icons a lot because I'm doing sort of design work and uh, posters, stuff like that. So I use icons a lot. So Iconbox is very good. Total Finder is what gives you tabs in your finder. I have got that, but I must admit I use um, Pathfinder more than I use that. I tend to think that it's a bit of a hack and it'll probably slow the machine down. This is probably just my mentality, but hmm. Postbox 3, love it. So Postbox is great. I did get the, a font pack. And I can't remember where or when, but I'm sure it was that one. The fonts are okay. They're, they're, the fonts kind of look nice as you're looking at them. And then when you think, now, where would I use that? <laughs> you'll probably come up with, no, I probably shouldn't. <laughs> but, they, you know, there's probably a handful in there that I, might, I may use. Not sure about the addresses and labels. I don't print out stuff enough. But um, DVD Ripper Pro, we did talk about. And that has only just been updated to three, so I think you're getting a brand new product there. That back to fo back in focus looks quite interesting as well. Um, it looks like it does depth of field alterations. Only in this says it's going to refocus blurry images. 
which is something that they demoed at Max, Adobe Max, um, upcoming in a future version of Photoshop, and they did amazing things with it. So that's actually quite a price as well. The retail price is $99. I might actually have to look at this bundle, you know. <laughs> Tech Tool Pro and Back in Focus might need to look you've at still that. Got about, you've got, still got 11 days, 11 and a half days to buy it. Yes, I, sh I shall look at them. I shall. Well, I can always gift the, the other stuff that I've already got. I could give them to you or something. Oh, thank you. No, 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 I'm too kind. Yes. Yeah, that um, eye clip, I'm thinking it's a bit gimmicky. Have you seen the interface? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, if it I, does the job, though. I did have it, yes, but sometimes you don't want something with a, an interface of To of be honest, that. I'm happy with the um, the clipboard manager in um, Launch Bar. I am. I was surprised that I am. I, I thought, because I'd always had... I'm, I'm just going back to Clipmate. Oh, just let me reminisce. <laughs> wow, that was good software. Yes, yes but so it was on Windows. It I came know. to price. <laughs> I know the price was too much for me. I have to run Windows to use it. But I do wish that somebody would make that for the Mac. So I was thinking something that was built into another app where it's not its primary function. I I wouldn't like using that, but it does everything. So uh, I'd like a bit of a longer history, but apart from that, so I don't have any interface really at all to the clipboard. So I'm looking at that interface and thinking, good grief, do you want that floating over the desktop? And the answer's probably no. But it's it was I did use it in its day, and um, it looks pretty similar. So, yes, $50 worth there, which uh, I'd recommend that one as well. What was the other one? There were three we looked at. Can't remember the other one. Can't remember. That's right, be organised, put it in the show notes. <laughs> no, no memory of it at all. Maybe it didn't last that long. Mm, maybe it's already gone. That could be why. Or by the time I've edited the show, it will have done. Well, those two were the best, I thought, so let's move along. <laughs> so we're all up to date, and I've now tempted you to spend more money. I'm renowned for that, apparently. You are, I was just going to say that. Yes, you are. that's happened quite a lot uh, uh, recently. But it's not just other people I tempt to spend money, is it? It's what not. a segue. <laughs> I've got a new toy. <laughs> yes, a, a little a slight expense, wasn't it, that came a bit as a bit of a surprise to Slightly. me. Slightly. I did tell you. Yes. After the event, I'll grant you. Mm. Yes, what happened was my finger slipped on the buy button <laughs> after I'd specced up this fantastic machine. No, no, seriously, seriously. My machine has been rather poorly. For which read, dead. Yes, this was when I put Lion on it. It, it was never the same after that. No, it did totally die. The hard drive has gone. And... Um, if I hadn't been so diligent in making backups and images, I wouldn't have been able to just think, oh dear, the hard drive's gone, not to worry, boot to the image and carry on. Let that be a lesson to me. I could have had a new machine sooner. Hmm. But I digress. So um, I did plod on with it because um, doing jobs like I can't afford to be without my main machine, despite the fact I've got images and I could have put it on another machine. You know, I don't have um, a machine that is the same spec as that which was a pretty good spec so i carried on with it um but it has a secondary problem which there's smudges on the screen now i know that that is a known issue with imax particularly apparently the 27 inch imax and they're like dark areas that they could be dust but to me it looks like water damage and and it it grows. It's it's virtually organic. If anybody's seen this, they'll know exactly what I mean. Mine's on the right-hand side of the screen, which it happens to be. You know, I might be able to ignore it, but that's where my dock is. And it started off as just a, a, a tiny smudge, probably about the size of a thumbnail. 
and it was virtually off the screen so I didn't really take much notice at that point and then I thought I'm sure that that dirty mark's getting bigger and I tried cleaning it made no difference yes me cleaning <laughs> yeah, just hold that thought and then I thought it is definitely getting bigger and it ended up that it, it goes pretty much from the top of the screen right down to the bottom and it's spreading inwards it's now about an inch and a half wide and it, it does look as if it's water damage obviously it's not but with it being at the side that the DVD drives on I'm wondering if it's because it's open and it's getting dust in it apparently people are saying it's dust I haven't got any other dark smudges or discoloration anywhere else just on the right hand side but I've made the decision that I've got Apple Care. the machine is just over 18 months old I'll deal with that whenever I wasn't going to send it back and then sit there twiddling my thumbs waiting for it to come back for that and I've figured it's not a problem sort it out whenever so when the hard drive went I thought oh should I send it back now and I thought no 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 I'll wait I'll just carry on I need to work so I'll carry on working and then the final straw was when the USB port stopped working so I thought if you know if I don't deal with this right now it's not going to one day it's not going to turn on which is why I don't turn it off as you well know which is why that Safari update has not been done I think I've got 48 days uptime at the moment and I've no intention of rebooting it. It might never come back. I think so, I've got three hours uptime on this. Oh, steady on. <laughs> so um, I went to the Apple site and started drooling as you do. So I, I looked at the 27-inch iMac and I thought, oh, look, what, we'll just spec it up to a 3.4 gigahertz i7 and um, put an SSD card in it and a 2 gig graphics card and 16 gig of RAM. Obviously not from Apple. That was ridiculously expensive. And... Um, Ooh. bought it so that was um when was that that was wednesday night wasn't it that's when you told me well obviously that's when i did it <laughs> <laughs> it was quarter to five on wednesday night and i thought do you know what i'm just gonna do it i thought i could try holding out but the way things are going in the price of hard drives i thought you need it and you need it now so i pressed the buy button and i thought well it'll probably arrive sometime next week and you're finishing next week for christmas there's two mentions of next week for Minster. <laughs> None of them related to anything he'd be remotely interested in. And um, I then, just before bed, got a notification that it had shipped and was due the next day. And I thought, what? So um, that was when I decided I should probably come clean with you. Mm. <laughs> Otherwise, you'd have come in and fallen over the box. So... Um, that was what I did because I can't do without a, an iMac for work and um, my last repair debacle took over three months so I decided to bite the bullet and buy the thing and that's what I did of course it then arrived to much excitement and glee just one fly in the ointment wasn't there what's that oh there was oh yes yes I, I turned it on and there was lion staring at me Mm. I thought of doing without it, but it was a good job I didn't actually because of the way that thing that it works. Very clever, I thought. Uh, when you set it up, you create your account, you log into it, boot up, all the rest of it. You have on there, of course, iLife, but they don't actually give you discs anymore. So I'm looking at it and I, I did uh, the update, the software update, and then I went into the app store. And it was telling me that I had an update. And I thought, how can it know I, I, I need to update anything? And then I looked what it was, and it was iPhoto. And I thought, oh, yes. Oh, yes. And I thought, but I haven't bought iPhoto via the store, so how's it going to know? But apparently, with it being installed, as soon as you log into the App Store with your iTunes account, 
your iTunes purchasing account, not your iCloud account if it's separate, um, it allocates those products to your account. So now instead of having to fish the disk out for any other Mac that I may have, uh, I can use the App Store versions, which I thought was very nice. I was impressed by that, very impressed. Uh, the seamless way it worked. If only they'd given me iWork as well and preferably a new one. Yes, I'm, I'm digging, trying to find the iWork disc now. But of course, it's that, it's that old. Um, it probably so, comes on floppies. Yes, yeah, yeah, it is that old. It probably does. <laughs> uh, the other thing that I noticed that I wasn't pleased with, I know they do it automatically, but I deliberately... I deliberately made sure this didn't happen and they, they came along and they did it again was... Um, I'd obviously purchased this on a credit card. I didn't decide to buy it on iTunes vouchers. <laughs> I could have been there a while doing that. Would have saved a fortune, though. Um, no, so I purchased it on the credit card. Eventually, failed the first time. That was me, putting in the wrong date. A bit nervy, obviously. And um, when I went into iTunes to see if I needed to put any more vouchers on the account, there was my credit card staring back at me. Yes, as every self-respecting MacBiter knows, I had removed my credit card from iTunes several times and told it never again to darken my credit card's doorstep, and there it was, staring at me. I thought, fabulous. So I had to take that away again. You can do it. You need to go into your account and you need to say remove. But I thought, I do wish they wouldn't do this because pretty much every time you buy something from the Apple online store, it's going to reallocate your credit card to your iTunes account. You might not even notice that's a good spot that uh, by you because I went in and I checked my um, my iTunes and no, it hadn't put a credit card back on because I was thinking it might have done it from a a, a a bricks and mortar store, an Apple store purchase, but it seems to be just online, doesn't it? Yeah, it only seems to happen online. It didn't happen to me in the store either, but I looked because I really, really look I didn't think oh I must go in and now I must remove it I just happened to be going in to see do I need to put any more credit on it and there it was and then I realized you know in fact if I hadn't have looked for a month or two I would have thought I was going mad I'd have forgotten that maybe it was linked to buying something from the store so um yes if you've ever bought anything from uh, Apple online and you don't want your credit card on your iTunes account take it away because you know how that could happen don't you even worse. Well, I've got two accounts. There is my um, Apple ID that I use for iTunes purchases, and there is my Mobile Me ID that I don't use. So, but if you inadvertently bought something on your Mobile Me ID, you wouldn't have that allocated to iTunes, so you wouldn't know it's retained your credit card information. Mm. You, know, you would only see it if you logged into iTunes and checked your account. So you could inadvertently have a credit card allocated to that as well not good that is not good at all obviously it would only happen if you'd made that purchase on that account but i remember you did that when you bought your last was it your last was it your, your laptop do you remember that happening no you didn't realize you had two apple accounts either oh, yes people yes, yes, tend yes. not to don't they you've yeah. got the one that you thought was your apple account and then of course you've got your mobile me one and you bought it on one account and then when you check the online status it said you hadn't bought anything yeah 
I do remember. Mm. So that probably allocated a credit card to one account or the other. Maybe you should log into all these accounts and give them a quick check. <laughs> yeah, it's a good idea. <laughs> anyway, talking of um, iTunes and vouchers, Derek, our voucher-spotting Sherlock, has been at it again. He finds so many voucher offers, it's untrue. Um, the one at the moment is on till the 20th, so um, lots of time to get this one. And that is buy £50 worth of iTunes vouchers and only pay £40 from Superdrug. Uh, there's also an offer on at the co-op and Morrison's and Boots, I think, at the moment. So lots and lots of vouchers to be had. We always retweet Derek when he finds these things. It's uh, the fabulous, fabulous. So um, I'm thinking with that, I might need to go and buy some of those. You know what I need to do, don't you? What do you need to do? Well, Derek is such a Sherlock. I need to send Derek off in search of the lesser spotted eye work. 10, 11, 12, sometime never delete as appropriate. Uh, he's got to have more luck than me. I'm still waiting. I don't think so. No, no, no. I'm going to, I'm going to charge <laughs> Derek with this. And I guarantee eye work will appear as if by magic. <laughs> it's just me. It's just me. So, uh, moving along. Yes, we're holding out with Mobile Me, aren't we? We certainly are. Having said that, I did in on inadvertently get that iCloud account, but um, <laughs> I'm ignoring it. <laughs> la, 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 it's not happening. <laughs> no, uh, my, my calendars are still Mobile Me. Not that that's good. But um, I'm actually not sure if this has got anything to do with iCloud Mobile Me. Hmm. Can you have iMessage without it, or do you need an iCloud account? You know, I'm not sure. Well, whatever. It's not good. Or it's not good for us, is it? No. Yes, what's happening is, I thought iMessage was supposed to be like text messages, but between iOS devices. That was my understanding. Right. So I can send you know, text messages and I can send what would be MMS messages and it'll all seamlessly just work. Didn't Steve say that? Trust us, it'll just work. I'm sure I he did. I think he did. Mm, mm. It isn't working for me. The first problem I've got is it's taking an age for any iMessages to arrive. So common, commonly 20, 25 minutes is not unusual. That was bad enough because I'm always thinking when you say to me, oh, I'll text you when I get to the shops and I'll send you a picture of whatever. I'm thinking, I wonder if he's there yet. I'm thinking, have I missed it? So that's, that's my first problem. But then it got even worse which was, um, you were texting me. I was texting you back. Obviously, these texts were iMessages. And I noticed on one device, I said whatever it was that I said. You texted back something and it was a smiley. And that was fine. And then I texted something else back. You texted me back and said something like, that's great. So, OK, both of those answers were fairly similar. Just a smiley or that's great. And there was no harm done. When I looked at another device... And my first text had that. That was in the right order. But the answer to it was inversed. So the first one said, that's great. And the second one had the smiley. <laughs> and I thought that could potentially cause a domestic. Yes. Depending on what it was related to. <laughs> I was envisaging a scene that went something like this. You text me and say, guess what? Tesco's have got Caramac on three for two. So I text back, buy all they've got. Ten minutes pass, you text me back and say, didn't we want drain cleaner? So I text back and say, oh yes, just get the one. Can you imagine if those answers had been transposed? <laughs> so um, iMessage, 
not too happy with it at the moment. It's a bit like um, every time I touch it, it's like damn you autocorrect. In fact, with our conversations, it reminded me of the two Ronnie's Mastermind sketch. I remember that one. Well, it, it was really funny because I was looking for, for this sketch. I, I love the sketch. I remember it from being a kid. Um, it was, um, your specialist subject is answering the question previously asked. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, much hilarity ensues. So um, I found it on YouTube and uh, I, I watched it and I thought, that is it. that's iMessage. That's it. And um, last night, um, this today is being Saturday the, the 10th, um, last night the two Ronnie sketchbook was on and, and the Mastermind sketch was on it. So I was roaring again. But it's as if they knew. Uh, I would say iMessage is the new two, two Ronnie's Mastermind <laughs> sketch. If you've not seen it, we will put a link in the show notes. It's a fabulous sketch. And um, pretty much what iMessage is at the moment at Matt Bites headquarters. So what did you do with it? My biggest problem with, with iMessage is the delay in its sending. Because what I'll do is I'll type up a text and I'll click send. And you know you get that progress bar at the top. And it gets to like 90% of the way across and you think, oh, it's, it's about to send it. And it just sits there and sits there and sits there. Um, the other day, I think I replied to, to my boss uh, when I was uh, just about to take Mayer out. And 10 minutes later, I heard the noise that it makes when it's actually sent it. And I thought, oh, she's replied to me. And in fact, it was actually it completing the send. So from the point I pressed the send to the time it actually completed the send was about 10 minutes. Um, so and then, in fact, it sent it at a test, me a, a test message, a text message in the end. Got the other teeth in again. Yes. Um, it's actually got that bad that I've, I've disabled it, which you know about because you said you tried to send me a, a text last night, didn't you? And it came up and it, it wouldn't let you send it as an iMessage. No, it just it just ignored the fact um what you get is in the box where you where you would type your message, it would normally say iMessage and it didn't. It just said message. So I realised straight away. But what I did notice was that I haven't turned it off. Um so but between the two of us it would only take one turning it off. You wouldn't both have to turn it yeah. off. You, know, you would both have to have it enabled for it to work. But I did notice that when I replied to you, it was instant. So it is a lot faster to just send a text. I've actually got a question. I don't know if you know or if our listeners know. Um, does it rely on an internet connection? Oh, it must, it must it, do. It doesn't rely on your carrier? Don't think so, no. Must be an internet connection, surely. Yeah, because when I'm at work and you know, when I was out at the Christmas do and I had the little the little white dot, the GPRS, um, that's where it took an age to to send. Hmm. It's a it's a bit of a problem, isn't it, when your carrier's more reliable than Apple? Yeah. Mm. Well, it's not Apple's strongest point, is it? We know that. No, the cloud, it never is, <laughs> is it? No. So I don't think it's all there yet. I'd be really interested to hear from the MacBiters, see, see how they're going on with it. I, I, I just really think I've grown to rely on texts, and I just assume that, that they will arrive instantly. When did that happen? Not long ago, I couldn't no. send a text message. No. But, you know, I've, I've got, what is it, 1,200 texts a month I can send on my uh, my plan, um, so I really don't think I'll run out. No. No, I did have a problem with my text messaging. Uh, my, all my messaging went hideously wrong. Um, it was to do with... What was I doing? I got a message anyway from O2 that said, if you want to use MMS on this phone, you'll need to ring us. I thought, what? Because it had been working. 
and you know what you like. If it's working and I've not changed anything, why isn't it working now? Um, so I rang them up and, and they did, they had no idea either. I did actually get to speak to a real person in support. Really? Mm, I was surprised. And when you get through, it says our English call centres, which also surprised me. So um, I spoke to a guy there who sorted it all out. It just needed um, a reset on the carrier settings for some reason. And that solved the problem because I was concerned because we are grandfathered onto free MMSs. And I thought I'm not particularly wanting to reset anything here. They'll, or they'll find out that we're grandfathered onto uh, unlimited data as well. So while they're leaving me alone, I'm leaving them alone. So I don't want to reset anything. But uh, no, it, it had no effect on all of that. And my MMSs came back. So I've still got my free MMSs and um, my unlimited data. So I'm, I'm still a happy bunny on that. And they sorted it out. That's twice that O2 support has proved to be fabulous. Thumbs up there, O2 support. Mm, yes, that's most unusual. Very, very <laughs> shocking, I find. It's unusual for you to give a thumbs up to any support. It is, actually. I think O2 are the only ones to ever get the Elaine's seal of approval. We haven't had twice. a rant in this episode, have we? Nobody's all right. Well, we got one coming, coming up. <laughs> oh, let's just say the G word. But first, yes, I also got out of sync notifications that are nothing to do with iMessage. These are just notifications. Um, I use Growl on the Prowl. So I have Growl on my Mac and Prowl on my iOS devices. I'm assuming the same's happening with Boxcar notifications. Uh, same problem with Mobile Me Pushmail. I know you had problems with iFooty. Yeah, it was coming in about two hours late. Um, the goal notifications. Yeah, if you if you don't know the score, I mean, pretty much you know the score before <laughs> iFooty tells you. So if it's going to tell you two hours late, um, I've also got problems with calendars and um, notification centre in general, really. What's happening with them is they're, they're late. We're, we're back to the not 20 to 25 minutes late, but at least sort of five to 10 minutes after when they should be coming in. So I don't know whether it's just a whole cloud issue with Apple. Not too sure with that because the mobile me is definitely them. And I know people who are having no better luck with iCloud mail and, and push notifications either. Um, I know people who aren't getting push mail at all. So maybe it's not just us for a change. No, I've actually turned off, I think, most of my notifications. Um, the only one I think that that happens regularly is the calendar ones. And uh, it tends to get noisy in our office. Three of us share an office. We've all got iPhones. Well, two of us have and one's getting one. Um, and the only one that, that goes off regularly is the, the calendar ones. But in actual fact, I've also got it going off on Outlook. So when I've got an appointment coming up, it'll it'll you know make a noise on my phone and then it'll make a noise on Outlook. And I just try and... Can you well, imagine my day with 11 Macs and yeah. all my iOS devices in the same room? <laughs> This is how I know that these notifications are out of sync. And to be honest, even on silent vibrate with um, four iPads and five iPhones at my bike's headquarters, um, there's a lot of buzzing going on in the bedroom after hours two and not all of it in sync. <laughs> yeah, that was that was actually quite funny. Um, we were just lying in bed and... Uh, TMI, TMI! <laughs> I'm not going to explain what we were doing in bed. We were lying in bed. How and, good and grief it gets worse. I think you've got a growl on the prowl and then another growl on the prowl, but it actually ended up being the same growl on the prowl on two, you're both your iPhones, so it's going bzzz, bzzz. Right, that's enough of that, please. Move along. Nothing to see. Move along. Bzzz. 
I'll shut you up. I'm totally, I'm totally, totally, totally... Trying to compose yourself, Yes, I'm composed now. Carry on. Right, shall I carry on? Okay. Um, (laughs) Away to Weenie Lane off Snow Leopard and on to Lion, maybe. Apart from the fact that my new computer has it. Yes. I I was driven to it. (laughs) This was a VMware Fusion update, um, which allows uh, users to virtualize Snow Leopard. Well, that doesn't. was the story. <laughs> yes. That was the story. And it was a massive story as ever. You know, if, if you read RSS feeds and you're on Twitter, you're on Facebook, Google+, massive, massive news. And yes, I thought that had definite potential for software that still doesn't work properly on Lion. So um, if you needed Rosetta, it would be good. Um, it would also work very well with software like Ambrosia's stuff that isn't working properly, Wiretap Studio, Wiretap Anywhere. So it I definitely had potential. I thought I'd try that. Um, and then it disappeared. After much fuss, the, there was a change. That was 4.1. Then there was a change made in 4.1.1 and not a mention. I didn't see one article after that saying, you know that feature that we banged on about yesterday? It's gone. Um, I did find forums where people were complaining vehemently. I'm assuming it's a licensing issue and Apple have gone off on one. But it looks like that feature has been totally removed from the very latest version. I do wish these sites that make a massive fuss over something like that come back and correct themselves when it changes. Otherwise, people could be buying that on the basis that they they could virtualize even going back as far as Leopard, and find out that actually, no, you can't. Um, They even pulled 4.1 off the servers. So you couldn't even retrospectively go and get the older version and stick with the older version. Not, to be honest, that I find that you can ever stick with the older version of anything for much longer. It's like this week they updated the Twitter client and people are saying, I know I'm rolling it back, I'm sticking with the old one. They'll only make it that you can't in the end. So progress onward, you can't help it. No, it's called progress, isn't it? Like you say, um, just suck it up and whatever the phrase is. Yeah, I was say, suck it up can, and see. Can, can we move along before before mine start wandering backwards to the last story? Uh, yeah, so um, Fusion. Uh, well, I've got version three, and seeing as how I hardly ever touch Windows, I wasn't overly worried. The fact I could virtualize Lion would be nice um, when I moved to Lion, <clears throat> driven driven to it. Um, for demo purposes. So I could install sort of demo software and not actually put it on my using the machine that I use. So I was thinking about getting version four of Fusion anyway. Um, it's around the £80 mark, I think. But there was a Black Friday deal. Oh, Black Friday. <gasps> yes, and it took it down to £50, I think. Then it went down to £40. Lower, so, lower. Yes, <laughs> at the £40 mark, I'm thinking... Mm, need to need to do this so i got the site up and there it was and it was around 30, you know, 39.99 and i thought oh i'll just wait till mike gets back and sort of say you're know, thinking again version four so you came in and i said version four you might as well upgrade because this was the thing that we did mention on a previous show that there was no upgrade price that they've gone sort of the way apple do with things that they don't fiddle with upgrades the, this is the price and everyone pays the same which isn't what people are used to with fusion but I thought, well, at £40, it's half the price, so fair enough. So just before I, I did buy it, I refreshed the page, at which point the price went down to £26. 
no idea what was going on there, but I decided to purchase before they realised their error and it went back up. So I actually managed to get Fusion for um, £26. But I didn't have the 4.1 version, so I won't be um, virtualising anything but <clears throat> Windows and Lion. So no, my Snow Leopard will, will not... He's hanging on on the old iMac, is my Snow Leopard, and, and he's very happy about it. So let's just say the credit card took... Um, Bit of a hammering on Black Friday. I'll have to review all the stuff as it arrives. Well, you've seen all the boxes, haven't you? You can't get the office door <laughs> most evenings for boxes. Carpool box city in here. Yes, I, I do tweet most of the boxes as well. Mm. So what else has been happening while we've been um, away? You know what I'm going to talk about, don't you? I do. Yes. I've titled it Adobe and Flash and Other Nightmares. Hmm. I've said this before, but this, this flash thing's been rumbling on for over 18 months. It was really, I mean, it was bad enough it wasn't on the iPhone, you know, whatever. But once they announced the iPad, it seemed to be that what was acceptably missing on the iPhone wasn't acceptable to be missing on a larger device. Well, not for Adobe lovers anyway. And I was heartily sick of hearing about it. If you don't like it, don't use it. It's simple. But don't be in my streams moaning about it. As anyone who's been to one of the MacBytes learning events will know, this is shocking. <laughs> don't tell the Adobe people or I'll be shot. Um, I actually use a flash blocker myself, <laughs> says the girl who's got Flash Professional installed. I do. I do use a flash blocker. Um, but I'd never dream of telling other people what to do. If you don't like it, don't use it. Um, I installed that flash blocker. It's the, it's the Chrome one, isn't it? That's the one. I installed it, but then I found that there's too many sites that I used that needed it, so I uninstalled it because it just annoyed me having to click on the button. I got annoyed with it, Ash. I got annoyed not particularly with Adobe. I know they make the product, but you can't blame them for making the product. It's how it's actually used. And when I actually saw the stuff, I expected to... I, I was going to need it for sort of sites that had video on. So I expected that. I also expected to need it um, for the conferences that I do. And I thought what's going to be missing from sites are adverts. What annoyed me most was where you, where you go to sites, I'm thinking, oh, last few days, TwitPic. And it's a picture. I'm not uploading video, it's, it's a photo. So what do I need Flash for? Their upload button is Flash. What for? You can you can have an upload button that it that does not need flash enabled. So why? So I could not upload it unless I enable flash on that site, which seemed to be ridiculous. That's not Adobe's fault. That's that's the idiot that programmed it. I mean, what what possessed them to sit there and think, right? I need a button to upload it. I'll make a flash one. Mad. And that's what gets products like that a bad name. So they actually announced that they were killing. Flash light, that's L-I-T-E. Not flash, flash light. Of course, the Apple fanboys were gleeful at what was actually mostly misreporting of the actual facts. But how did that happen? And I'm, I'm sat there firmly in the middle of these two camps. I've got my Adobe people on one side crying into their beer. I've got my Apple people on the other side having a complete party. And I'm sat in the middle and I'm just marvelling at the so-called reporting that was going on. It was horrendously inaccurate. The problem is these days, it doesn't really matter if it's true or not, because as long as it's repeated often enough, 
it becomes the truth. Um, I thought it was actually quite sad over the course of about 10 days to see Adobe PR just completely self-destruct. Um, somebody in my of my Adobe people said, uh, they tweeted something, they'd retweeted something that somebody else said. And um, the tweet went along the lines of, I always wondered what had happened to the Netflix PR team. Now I know they went to work for Adobe. <laughs> I like that. So that really summed it up to me. It was just a PR disaster. Um, and then, of course, other things happened as well. I don't know what possessed them. It really was just PR gone crazy. If you've got that to announce, you know that you're going to upset people who use your products. You know you are. If they if they use Flashlight or they program for Flashlight or they've listened to you saying that it's the future, they've believed you, then they're going to be peeved. Is that the, a good week to then announce that you're laying off 750 people? Probably no. not, but they did that as well. And then, just as you thought, nothing else could go wrong. And I, I remember going to bed early, which is unusual for me. Now, when I say early, it was about midnight. But it, that would be 4pm in the States on a Friday. And I thought, well, nothing else can happen. It's 4pm. And when I got up the following morning, my stream was alive with Adobe folk playing hell. They then announced that they were um, open sourcing Flex or something. And these people had recommended the use of Flex at enterprise level. And that's their job. They're Flex programmers. And can you imagine, it must have happened about quarter to five on the West Coast on a Friday. Um, by the way, we're not supporting that anymore. And that kicked it off again. So I've had a fabulous few weeks. <laughs> not. If I ever hear the word flash again, it'll be too soon. I just... Yeah, if you don't like it, don't use it. But please don't keep going on about it. I can't handle it anymore. So I have to use Flash. I'm, actually, the new iMac is sat there and um, I decided I would go into one of my webinars on it and, and it came up with a rather curt message that said, um, if you want to get into this webinar, you're going to need to install Flash. And I sat and looked at it and thought, <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I thought, well, okay then. How do I actually install Flash? <laughs> because you know the problem I have with Flash. It installs itself and then insists it's installed about 50 times and then insists on updating every one of them. So I must admit, my machine at the moment has no Adobe products on it whatsoever and no Flash, so I don't need a Flash blocker. Um, it can't last, though. It can't last, at which point I'm going to have to use it. But you won't hear me moaning about it. I just put a Flash blocker on, use it when I need to use it, don't use it when I don't need to use it. But talking of Adobe, uh, yes, as if as if this... I think they announced this the same week as well. You can imagine what a week this was. Isn't this the good week to bury bad news week? Do you know, it was a really a case, wasn't it, of which was the worst story. <laughs> Take yeah. a pick. Yes, they, they, I bet, though, people, I bet this was hidden by the Flash story. And I bet there's MacBiters out there that this is going to be a problem for who know nothing about it. So I'll tell them. Do tell. Yes. Um, in the same week that 750 people have been made redundant and, and the world is alive with talk of the demise of Flash, Adobe slipped in a classic underneath this, which is um, their new upgrade policy. Not good. Not good at all. What they're saying now, there's always been upgrade issues. I face these issues. I know you face these issues. I'm sure lots of people have faced these issues with products. Especially given that I had something like, 
a license for Photoshop and then I had a license for Macromedia something suite at the time. Studio. There, no, there were only two products in it. There were, they only had two products, I think. <laughs> <laughs> they only had Dreamweaver and Fireworks and that was what I had. But I had the UltraDev version. So it was sort of the development bundle. And then, of course, Adobe bought Macromedia. And, oh, nightmare. And my Macromedia account and my Adobe account needed to be merged and the licenses need, needed to be merged. And it, yes, they carried on putting out the products as separate point products, but they also sort of created sweet products. And I remember being on the phone to Adobe. It felt like solidly for three days trying to persuade them to come up with some solution to this licensing issue. And what I wanted to do was upgrade from what I had to one of their creative suites. And none of the products that I had or the combinations of it were on their website. So it was sort of, well, you can't upgrade, you'll have to rebuy. And I thought, you have got to be joking. That's not happening. So I got on and I actually talked to them. Um, and... The first oh, three, four people didn't seem to understand what I was talking about. And I kept trying. I'd ring back and get a different operative and try again and again and again. On about the sixth one, um, I explained my predicament yet again. And the woman at the other end said, oh, I see what you mean. And I thought, thank the Lord for that. Right. Can we do something about it then? If you see the problem. So she um, said she'd get back to me. She disappeared off, came back. And to add insult to injury with this slight little inquiry um, I wanted to cross grade at the same time I wanted to go from Windows to a Mac that just sort of put the cherry on the top really and they did it they did it for me they wanted proof that I had uh, that I own the products and they came up with a price that I was happy with and they cross graded me so on a on a one-to-one -one level Adobe are actually pretty fine what then happened is of course there's been Creative Suite original two, three, four, five, 5.5. And within that, there are all different versions. There is the web design suite. There's the video editing suite. There's the photo editing suite. And they're all slightly different. There is no one single version of Adobe Creative Suite. And what they're now saying is that you can only upgrade back to two versions. So if you have, now that always was the issue, but it, what's making it different is that pretty much if you don't upgrade to 5.5 at the moment, you're not going to be able to upgrade much in the future. So there is um, a link that I've got here for upgrade information, which I'll put in the show notes. But what it's saying is that um, they've, they've actually had a discount on it. So there's 20% off at the moment. Um, and the idea is that they get everybody upgraded to the latest version. Of course, your problem's going to be what you can upgrade to based on what you've already got. So if you've got one single product, you're not going to be able to upgrade that to a suite. If you've got one suite, you may not be able to upgrade that to another. So it's a complete mess. If I'm honest, it's a mess. Um, another thing that has been written about it was Scott Kelby, who has written a blog post explaining the situation that what they're doing is with these upgrades, they're making it sort of that you, there is no affordable upgrade path. We know that Adobe Creative Suite CS6 or whatever they choose to call it is coming. And there's also something called the Creative Cloud. But if you don't upgrade, so if you don't own CS5 or CS55, then you will not be eligible to upgrade to CS6. So pretty much you've got to be on one or other of the brand new versions at the moment, the current versions, before you can upgrade it, which I think is 
short-sighted. So if you're on CS3 or CS4, be it the Creative Suite, so a sweet product or a point product, you only have Photoshop. If you don't upgrade now to CS5 or 5.5, then you won't qualify for any upgrade pricing whatsoever when CS6 comes out, which hasn't been the case in the past. You've been able to go back to full versions, not a point version. So you could have upgraded, if they'd have kept the standard policy, you could have upgraded from CS4, CS5 or 5.5 to CS6, and you're not going to be able to do that. So as I pointed out to you, I think that is terrible marketing um, because you're looking to upgrade now when you know the product is virtually end of life and it's not cheap. No matter whether you're upgrading just Photoshop or Creative Suite, it's not cheap. And you'd have to upgrade to that just on the basis that when CS6 comes out, you might want to upgrade because at the moment you'd be doing that blind. You don't know what's going to come in CS6. The other thing is, of course, you managed to get your Lion update for the princely sum of £20.99, but Adobe is going to charge you probably over £600 to upgrade your software to work with it. So I bet there are a lot of MacBiters out there grinding teeth, either now because stuff isn't working properly, or now they know that the upgrade policy is worse than they probably thought it was. Not good. Did I mention Pixelmator? Um, and that's from an Adobe user group manager. Not good. So hopefully they'll see the error of their ways and make some exceptions or maybe even put the price down. The thing is, they've sort of announced pricing for the Creative Cloud version, which is um, where you get all the online services. And it's a subscription based model and it's only something like $600 a year. Now, while you think that's a lot of money, it is. But if you were actually buying the master collection, you're talking thousands. So on the basis that you buy a master collection at day one and that costs you three, four thousand uh, dollars at the point you come to upgrade that, it will probably be within two years. So if it, you'd gone Creative Cloud instead, it would actually only have cost $1,200, which is a lot cheaper. The thing is, of course, you never actually own the software. It's a subscription based thing. So if you stop paying, it stops working. Not good. The only thing I'll say that the blog post from Scott Kelby is very, very good. But of course, the one thing he doesn't mention is he's the president of the National Association of Photoshop uh, Professionals. So, of course, he wants the most people eligible to upgrade or his business is going to go the way Adobe's will. So uh, read it bearing that in mind. And, has a bit um, of a vested interest. He does. He? he does, bless him. But uh, read it with that in mind. And it's a very good piece and something that you may need to consider right now. There are alternatives. No, they're not Photoshop. And if you need something like InDesign, then even more so, they're not Photoshop. But um, do look around. You can probably make any of the much, much, much cheaper applications do what you want because the features that are in Photoshop when I say it's not Photoshop are for the really high-end users like we've talked about with uh, x-ray imaging and um, forensic analysis um, if you've been to one of the MapBytes learning events you know how good Pixelmator is you know how good Acorn is they are all very good and there is of course Photoshop elements so um Worth having a look at the alternatives, although having said that, Elements has been updated. But no, 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 that that's that's a different a different story entirely. So, um, not good upgrade policy. And talking of uh, Elements and the upgrade policies, um, they did put Photoshop Elements into the App Store, and it was Photoshop Elements nine. 
Now versus a boxed product, it's not the same product. It is not the same, nor is that made clear. If you buy Photoshop Elements in a box, you get two products. You get an organiser with it, a bit like Bridge. If you buy in the App Store, you don't. But if you buy in the App Store, you can install it on as many Macs as you own. If you buy it in a box, you can't. It's an activated product. So it's one of those situations where you know what they want, don't you? Go on. Buy both. Mm. Mm, because actually the organiser is not activated. So you could buy the product from the App Store, use the App Store version and then install the organiser from the disk and possibly be OK. Your problem is with the activated version if you try putting that on more than however many machines. So that's that's something I think they should make clear. The other thing that happened with it is that Elements 10 came out and I was thinking, OK, so if you've bought 9, do you get a free update? And I still don't know. I have looked and looked and I, I have no clue because I didn't buy it via the App Store and I don't know. I can't find Elements 9 in the store anymore. So I'm wondering what happened to people who bought 9. Did it get upgraded to 10 free of charge? And if not, and they want to set up a new Mac, can they still download the version they bought, which was 9? And if anybody's done that, I'd love to know. Did you get upgraded? What happened? Please tell me. I really need to know that. So if any of the MacBiters bought it, um, what happened? I can't even find out from Adobe what happened. So that was Adobe. We were all caught up on Adobe and Flash. Ah, the name that shall never be mentioned. And what else happened? Um, Google. The Google Death Squad rise again. <laughs> oh, they did. Yes, not satisfied with killing my beloved wave. Um, about 10 days ago, they sent me an email. And it was gently entitled. In fact, it was worse than that. They sent me nine separate copies of the same email. Gently entitled, Google Wave Sunsetting in 2012. Sunsetting? What? What you've is not, sunsetting? <laughs> you've not heard of sunsetting? I don't work in an episode of The Office. No, but I've heard of sunsetting. Because at work we have lots of different products. We have like a, a library of software that you can you can go to it and request to be installed, and it gives you the status. So it'll say that it's active or it's dead or or it's sunsetting. They're in the process of killing it. You mean? Yes, exactly. Mm. Do you want to read the edited highlights of, of the? Um, well, in fact, read the whole thing. I'll interject. Yes, I'll in, I'll interject with uh, right, my interpretation okay. for the benefit of the map biters. Okay, okay, dear waivers. You see, I'm upset already. Shouldn't that be X waivers? Shouldn't that be Dear Elaine? Well, couldn't yes. They couldn't they have mail merged it? Apparently not. OK, Dear Waivers. More than a year ago, we announced that Google Wave would no longer be developed as a separate product. Which means we killed it. <laughs> at the time, we committed to maintaining the site at least through to the end of 2010. Today, we are sharing the specific dates for ending this maintenance period and shutting down Wave. As of January 31st, 2012, all Waves will be read-only and the Wave service will be turned off on April the 30th, 2012. You will be able to continue exporting individual Waves using the existing PDF export feature until the Google Wave service is turned off. When we kill it! Yes. We encourage you to export any important data before April the 30th of 2012. When we kill it and you lose your data! 
If you would like to continue using WAVE, there are a number of open source projects, including Apache WAVE. There is also an open source project called Walkaround. And that includes an, exper an experimental feature that lets you import all your waves from Google. This feature will also work until the wave service is turned off on April the 30th of 2012. Did we mention we're killing it on April the 30th, <laughs> 2012? I was just thinking that. For more details, please see our help centre. Obviously, this will not give you any help. We're killing it. Yours sincerely, the wave team. <sighs> I think that's pretty clear then. They're killing it. I think so. Sunsetting. Learnt a new word. <laughs> Not impressed, but I've learnt a new word. But while they kill my beloved wave, Google catalogues thrive. <laughs> yes, I read this and I thought, oh, Google catalogues? What's that? I'm a sucker for Google stuff. Can't help myself. So I, I was all excited. I went to have a look. And what is it? It's a shopping catalogue. Just for you. I wasn't impressed. They kill wave and they put a shopping catalogue up there. Oh, what's more, it's clothes and shoes. That's why I wasn't impressed. <laughs> so that wasn't good. And then there was the Google bar. Hmm. They're redesigning it. I wasn't impressed with that either. I couldn't see anything wrong with the old one. Have you seen the new one? Uh, I haven't seen the new one, no. I'll go off what you say. I would, because obviously <laughs> I'm right. Um, hmm. The idea was that it was supposed to look better and be the same across all products. But now it's got like a sort of fly out on it. So you, you, you can actually, what you could access before with one click or one tap on an iOS device, now you've got to wait for a menu to fly up and then um, it, it sort of expands. So if, if you go down to the bottom, it says see more and you get another little menu. And at the bottom of that, it says see even more. And you click that and you get another little menu. So mm, not 100% sold on that yet. One step forward and two steps back. As usual. And then there was Google Plus with added Twitter. That actually had potential, I thought. If you have Google Plus open in a window, you can actually install, I think it's a Chrome thing. Yes, a Chrome extension. Um, and it will attach Google Plus to your Twitter account. So it looks like your tweets are coming through to Google Plus. I'm assuming you can reply to them from there and they go back to Twitter. That, I thought, had potential. It certainly made Google Plus look a little, though it had a little bit more life into it. That one sounds good, yeah. But again, you'd have to use Chrome for that. Mm, but that wouldn't do me at work. Well, no, no, <laughs> because you're still on the Stone Age back there, aren't you? I they also, they also opened, um, well, no, uh, updated, updated the um, Google app, which was, was a search app, I think. Um, and they've updated that. And pretty much when you go into it, it turns your iPad into a Chromebook. Cool. Which I was excited about because I use Google Docs. I was expecting good things because I said to you a Chromebook would actually be useful just to access Google Docs, not for the price they're charging. If it was a lot cheaper, I would possibly go for that. So I thought, oh, exciting. And um, it's terrible. The access to uh, Google Docs on an iPad is appalling, as you know, when you tried it the other day. Yes, I, I remember. Yeah. What happened? <sighs> What happened was the, the, the editing is just, well, you say it, it's appalling. Um, it was not putting the right formatting on. I didn't have the toolbar with the, the formatting buttons. It's pretty unusual. Unusual. <laughs> Get the teeth in. <laughs> I've got Tom Jones in my mind now, but carry on. That's not, that's not pleasant. <laughs> not at this time of the day. Can I carry on? I was going to say it's pretty unusable. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, that title doesn't have the same catchiness, but carry uh, on. <laughs> yes, the, 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 the iPad, the Google Docs on the iPad is pretty unusable. It's just, just... You can work. try and be serious, but it won't work. No. No, it's rubbish. Right, so that's what I dealt with. <laughs> I'll consider an opinion. It's if rubbish. If I'd chosen that word, then I wouldn't have had to get my teeth around it. Exactly, you see. You just, just say it as it is. Say yes. it as it is. It needs to have... Well, there's a mobile version and there is a... I think... Do they call it a desktop version? But if yeah. you try switching, you don't get the toolbars in the mobile version. I'm assuming they're thinking that buttons would be too small, but they wouldn't be. We're all used to it. Get get with it, Google. If you try switching to the desktop version where you do have all the tools that you would need to format the thing, uh, mine crashed repeatedly. So, no, not a good experience. Do you think it's to sort of tempt you down that path and then... The Chromebook path. Yeah, go and buy a Chromebook. Yeah. It's so not happening. Yeah. No. So, that was Google and their um, few weeks. And then there was the Postbox update. Yes. I use Postbox as my mail client, which apparently, given the state of mail on Lion, is just as well. Um, yes. It's one of those apps where... At this point, version 2, we bought the Mac App Store version. But there are certain apps that we deliberately buy outside the Mac App Store. I think we mentioned this, didn't we? Yeah. One being BB Edit because it had sandboxing problems. It couldn't install command line tools and other niceties that are a nice to have. So we deliberately bought that outside the Mac App Store. But there's others that we deliberately bought via the Mac App Store. ScreenFlow being one, when the update came out from version one to version two, um, we did a quick divvy up on how many licenses we had that we would have needed to upgrade. And we found that between us, we had five licenses for ScreenFlow. Obviously, we're trainers, so that's that's our bread and butter. We have lots of ScreenFlow licenses. It's on every machine. And you could only have two activations per license, hence us having so many. And I, I got one in a bundle. I think you got one in a bundle. So we originally bought one each. Uh, that was two machines each, but we ended up with five. So if we'd have tried to upgrade all five, it would have cost more than getting from the Mac App Store. So that's why we made that decision. But back to Postbox. With Postbox, I got version one on um, some kind of update deal. So I bought it via their site. When version two came out, um, they put it in the Mac App Store. And I thought, was nice. So rather than doing the update via their website, they initially reduced the price in the Mac App Store to match an update price. So I got it via the store. It just made managing it easier. And then, and it's only about a, possibly 13, 14 months later, they brought out version 3. And this is where the problem started because it's not in the Mac App Store and the company don't seem to be in any hurry to get it in the Mac App Store. So it was a case of they were really encouraging you to buy version 3 if you wanted to buy version 3 from their store. And I thought, well, yes, well, that's all very well. But if you've got the Mac App Store version, what do you do? And this is where they came up with a great way of working. We've mentioned this before with companies that let you buy via the Mac App Store and then install their trial version over the top of that and then you can get the updates from their website and you're still licensed. Well, what Postbox did was um, when you looked at the FAQs, they said, right, what we're going to do is we're going to put it on sale and we will give an update price to Mac App Store users. And I thought, well, seeing as though you don't know who the Mac App Store users are because Apple don't pass on any user information, how can you do that? And what they decided to do was if you had the version 2 installed from the Mac App Store, 
that version would prompt you to go to a special page on their website and you could buy it from there and you would get it at a reduced price. And I thought that was fantastic. It's one way that companies could provide cheaper updates. So I thought that's what I'll do. The only problem was, yes, there always has to be a problem with me, doesn't there? Yes, hoisted by my own petard yet again. Um, one of the things that they also let you do with version two was exactly what I've explained. You can install the version from the Mac App Store and then over the top of it, put the version from their website. And it means that you get updates much faster. You don't have to wait for the approval process. So that's what I'd done. So I'm using the latest version from their website over the top of a Mac App Store installed version. So as far as the software was concerned, it was the version from their site. It was not the Mac App Store version. And therein lay my problem. I could not update that as being, this is the Mac App Store version, please give me my cheap price. So I thought, well, what I'll have to do is uninstall the version I've got installed. I couldn't install the Mac App Store version over the top because it wouldn't install. It was saying you've already got it installed, which indeed I did have. Are you following this? Good. Just about. Yes. <laughs> so I thought, well, what I need to do is uninstall it, reinstall it from the Mac App Store, then do my I've got this version, please let me have an upgrade, then install version three. Mm. And then I thought if I uninstall version two, to install from the Mac App Store is going to delete all my settings and all my mail accounts and all my signatures and all my preferences. And I nearly cried. Mm. So I thought, yes, this is all very well, but there's always a but. Now, in my case, how I got round that without deleting anything, <laughs> they can't outdo me, you know, was I went to another machine and I installed version two from the Mac App Store. Then I clicked the special link that only appears in that version, went and updated it, bought it from their site and then put it on the machine I was actually working at. But of course, you can't do that if you've only got one machine. So be very careful when you come to update things like that. But I did think that the company were, I mean, the ingenuity they shown that we could get um, a cost effective upgrade. The only question I had is I wonder why they're not in any particular hurry to get it in the Mac App Store. I don't know, but I've come across a number of um, other products that are like that. I'll go to the um, Mac Update desktop and it'll tell me that there's a few products that are um, update need updating and they're in the store. And when I go to the store, they're not there. Oh, I've got some like that. Mac Update Desktop puts a little Apple logo next That's to it if, right, it's, yeah. uh, if it's bought via the Mac App Store. Uh, the oldest one I've got that it's telling me is out of date um, was updated in July, and I still don't have an update available from the Mac App Store, yeah, which I'm finding quite that. quite worrying. Well, why why are the Mac App Store people not getting all the point updates? Exactly. That you know that's not what we signed up for. That's not how it's supposed to be. But talking to the Mac App Store, yes, exclusive to the Mac App Store this week is um, Logic Pro 9. Mm, so more spending. Uh, imminent, imminently. Well, I'm thinking I might have to because clearly when Final Cut Pro came out, um, it's not a sweet product anymore. They have put Final Cut Pro in the store. They put compressor in the store and motion in the store and not Soundtrack Pro. Now, Soundtrack Pro also shipped with Logic, but now Logic's in the store. They've only put two parts of the Logic Studio in there. There's Logic Pro 9 and there's something else called, oh, name of which escapes me. Um, it, it's uh, 
a helpful app for recording live that's part of it but no soundtrack pro so i'm thinking it's unlikely at this stage they're going to do much with soundtrack pro and soundtrack pro is what mac bytes is made in so if I can't use Soundtrack Pro at some point, because at some point it will stop working, then I will need a replacement. And all Logic isn't a direct replacement for Soundtrack Pro. Soundtrack Pro to me is more of um, less of a music um, creation application and more of an audio editing app. But the features it's got, it makes my life easier with the edit. I did used to use GarageBand, but I had to leave that behind. It was just too slow. I mean, you, you, we couldn't have Minster doing without his Mac bytes because GarageBand's crashed. <laughs> GarageBand changed about version 9 or 10 and started doing its own thing. So I left it behind and um, took to Soundtrack Pro. I still intend to use it for the foreseeable, but I'm thinking I might have to have a look at Logic because you know what will happen. It'll stop working with two minutes notice and then I'll be looking at Logic thinking, well, how does this work? So at £139... I could possibly, with uh, Derek's Wonder Vouchers, save t another £25 on that. So it would only be uh, 115 Yeah. which is a good price for something that I think is over 400 at the moment. So I'm, I, might, I might have to be tempted there. Too much of a bargain not to, I think. What do you think? Go for it. Mm, ah, good man, good man. <laughs> mm, uh, another thing that I updated was um, ITV. They did an update and they never used to let you download the update, which was a major pain. You used to have to update it only through the application itself. You could download a trial, I think, or something similar. You had to log in with an account to download it. Um, but the problem with updating via the app is that you, if you've got it on five machines, you've got to download it five times, which could use up a gig of your bandwidth. So they now let you download it. So I downloaded it and I installed it and it said drag and drop it. Right, it's installed. And I thought it didn't prompt me to overwrite the old one. What's going on? And when I looked, it had installed another copy of it and it had called it ITV 3.5.4. And I thought, hmm, OK, then. Problem with that was twofold. If I didn't manually delete the old one, the ITV has a timer. How did it know which one to use? Or would it try recording on both? Or neither? So before we got that far and it broke, um, I uninstalled the old one. I left it called 3.5.4 though. Then when I tried to run it using LaunchBar, it wouldn't have it at all. And I don't know if it was because the product had, you know, points in its name, 3.5.4. It worked on one machine, didn't work on another. So I don't know if it was an ITV issue, an install issue, a launch bar issue. But then Jane at one of the um, MacBytes learning events said that she can't get launch bar to run at all. It crashes on startup. So that made me think possibly it was a launch bar issue. But um, yes, so if anybody else has got launch bar crashing on startup, Jane would like to know why. Because I, I can't replicate that. And this was on Lion, I believe. Um, no, LaunchBar is the one thing that's actually working on Lion. <laughs> I've got lots of other problems with Lion, but not LaunchBar at the moment. Um, in the interim, uh, I could recommend Alfred, which has just been released as version one, a final product. Um, it's free in the Mac App Store. There is also a version available from their website, which is 1.0. Um, you need the version from their site if you're going to buy the extras, which is called the Power Pack. And I think that's around 
But that's what I've installed on my dad's machines. He used to have Quicksilver because LaunchBuzz paid for a product and I wanted to just say he doesn't use it. He doesn't even know it's there. It's so, for you, really, isn't it's it? It's for me. So I don't think, good grief, this machine's broken. <laughs> and then remember that LaunchBuzz not part of the OS. So yeah. I, I used to have Quicksilver on it, but it became a bit flaky. Although it is still under development, apparently. But Alfred was a good alternative. You tried that Google thing. Oh, and oh, then guess what? They killed they it. They killed it. Mm. So Alfred, good alternative and has just been released as version one. I've not actually tried the power pack, but to be honest, you know, if you're just putting it on a machine so it feels like launch bars on it, the free version's just as good. Um, very, very good application. So Jane, if you don't get launch bar working, have a look at Alfred. Um, I'm not sure what the other things it can do, but they actually look nice. I thought I'd have a look at it myself, to be honest. But time for a great video that Minster sent us a link to. Did you see that video? I did. It was brilliant. It was a comparison of um, Microsoft's Tell Me and Apple's Siri and uh, their comprehension with two phones next to each other. I could not stop laughing. No. It was absolutely fabulous. <laughs> Wonderful comparison. There is no comparison. I am far superior. Oh, Siri, you are indeed. Um, the Microsoft one was doing not much at all. You are far superior. And talking of MacBytes, Siri... I now have my own Twitter account at MacBytes Siri. Please follow me at http colon slash slash twitter.com slash MacBytes Siri. Talk about the tech taking over. And um, the URL for that, if required, is twitter.com slash Siri. And uh, MacBytes Siri has quite a lot to say for herself. Or himself. It's a girl. I know it's got a bloke's voice. <laughs> <laughs> They'll fix that. <laughs> it, it's a her. It's a her with a deep voice. <laughs> yes, nothing wrong with that. Oh, dear me. But now, time for feedback and comments. And Minster's proving himself to be very talented in the video creation department. I think, given our slight gap, we should commission a new video from Minster for this episode. What do you think? Or for next week's episode. <laughs> You've said it again! <laughs> well, how about two videos? One for this week's and one for next week's. Yeah. Now I've said it, so it must be true. <laughs> we'll put a link into Minster's creation and um, hopefully a couple more of Minster's creations. Talking of Minster... We heard from Minster. Good man, Minster. Hi, Bike crew. Minster here. Just wanted to give you a quick update on how I've been getting on converting my DVDs after your great advice. And also with the help of Jane, who sent some great advice through as well. Uh, I actually uh, decided to stick with Handbrake and uh, use Jane's suggestion of uh, finding out what the main title was of the movie that I wanted to convert uh, then going back into Handbrake and use, selecting that using the Apple TV presets which uh, seemed to give me a good file size and then uh, converting from there I've got about 60 movies uh, converted now uh, some TV shows as well and I'm slowly working my way through my collection of 24 DVDs and getting those converted which is working quite well so I just wanted to say a big thank you to uh, yourselves and also to Jane for helping me out there it's worked really well and I'm uh, slowly filling up my hard drive on my MacBook and also just wanted to say before I go that um, the shows are really good at the moment you know, please keep them coming uh, I like to hear you say next week every time the show's uh, coming along and also just wanted to say uh, 
hi to Matt Bike Siri and also to say I feel for you and just make sure you get that tea right or you will be in trouble. I'm glad you feel my pain. You are a true gentleman, Minster. I think Siri's quite taken with Minster. What do you think? I think he is. Or she is. <laughs> I'm hoping it's she is then. <laughs> and so is Minster. <laughs> Maybe Siri's genderless. Could be. Oh, I'd be a lot less trouble if everyone were genderless. <laughs> right, but moving on. Jane and Jane's MacBytes listening marathon. Yes, in our absence, Jane has been um, making her own entertainment. And she shares her exploits in this hilarious audio piece. Hi, everyone. Have you ever wondered about your mind? They say that when you reach a certain age, your brain turns to mush as all the cells start to spontaneously combust. That being the scientific and medically accurate description of this particular affliction. Another term for it would, of course, be insanity. Well, I think this must have started to happen to me a while ago, and its effects are clearly catching up with me now. Why do I think this? Well, it is surely the only logical explanation as to why anyone would suddenly decide that they should listen once again to every single episode of the MacBytes podcast. <laughs> but I cannot claim this to be solely my idea. No, thankfully I am not alone in this deranged behaviour. For it was Minster68 who, a couple of weeks ago, proudly proclaimed on Twitter that he intended to listen to MacBytes Episode 1, and thence onwards through the multitude of MacBytes productions. And so the Minster MacBytes Listening Marathon commenced. It even has its own hashtag on Twitter. And me, being of unsound mind and body, decided that it was a suitably harebrained idea, and as such, I should follow along in Minster's footsteps. I therefore dutifully downloaded the inaugural episode and settled back to travel back in time to 2007 and listen to the maiden speeches of the three MacBiters. Yes, oh, you no. heard correctly. I said three MacBiters, for in the beginning there were indeed three of them Elaine, Mike Thomas, and Mike Burke. In the very first episode, they explain how they all recently became Mac users after years of living in a Windows world. Elaine's switcher behaviour was brought about by an Adobe event she attended in April 06, which resulted in her purchase of a 20-inch iMac. Mike Thomas entered the world of Mac along with Elaine on that same 20-inch iMac, which he later inherited as his own machine when Elaine moved on to the 24-inch model. Mike Burke was drawn away from Windows machines after experiencing one of his customers' Macs and went on to buy a G5 iMac. Mike Thomas also declares his intent to convert his 60,000 work colleagues to the Mac. So Mike, how are you getting on with that mission? The main news on that first episode was the imminent launch of OS 10.5 Leopard so long ago. And so began the MacBytes podcast series. The next few episodes covered the launch of Leopard with live interviews from the Apple Store at the Trafford Centre in Manchester, with Elaine suffering installation exhaustion and Mike T's thrill at using dual monitors. <laughs> Mike Burke gets overwhelmed with excitement of the impending launch of the original iPhone in the UK, 
culminating in the November with more live reports from the Trafford Centre and his actual purchase of the miraculous <laughs> device. By the seventh episode, Mike Burke had departed the show and it was now in the hands of the infamous duo. In this episode, they mention rumours of new devices to be revealed at the January 08 Apple event. After the January episode, MacBytes production slowed a little, much to everyone's consternation, but returned again in June of that year, and with what can only be described as a record-breaking episode, in that it was only 13 minutes long. <laughs> Thankfully, this has never been repeated. I mean, how would we survive on 13-minute episodes? In June 2008, it was, of course, the iPhone 3G announcement at WWDC, and Mike talks of his desire for matching shoes and handbags. Well, let what? me explain. <laughs> uh, no, you'll just have to listen to the episode. In July, Elaine and Mike are back at the, by now, infamous Trafford Centre, queuing at the Apple Store for their first taste of iPhone ownership, and the atmosphere is heady with excitement. Another milestone is reached in episode 15 in August 2008, when Mike first mentions his music idols, the Goombay Dance Band. And yes, we all know where that leads. <laughs> Thanks, in episode 16, we have Elaine commenting upon, nay, deriding the Koya Pond app. But fear not, there will be further news on that later. By September 08, the new up-and-coming social media tool, Twitter, is discussed and explained. And to think there are people, still three years later, who just don't get Twitter. The MacBytes crew then take a long break from the world of podcasting, and they are deeply missed for that time for it is some nine months before they return to their microphones in June of 2009 to record episode 17. Elaine had by then thankfully recovered from her hospital experience, where her subterfuge and possession of her tech-enabled nighty assisted her to remain connected with her online world. <laughs> and so it was almost ten months before the disparaging remarks against Coyapond were rightly defended. A stalwart defence in favour of Koya Pond was put forward by some woman living down under, and Koya Pond was justly returned to its exalted location on the screen of many an iPhone. By June 2009, the humour that we now expect, if not demand, in a MacBytes episode was in full tilt, and we have Elaine talking of flogging herself with a wet lettuce in penance, and Mike admitting to liking ABBA. And so the MacBytes production line resumes, with a steady output of shows giving us great reviews and advice for our world of Apple. And there are even audio contributions from Minster and Gazmaz. As I continue my way through the back catalogue of MacBytes, I'm currently up to episode 37, way ahead of Minster, I might add. Oh, and I think Peter Upfold, known as Strategy Oracle, is also <laughs> manfully working his way through the shows. Come on, boys, keep up there, because you've really got to get to episode 37, where Mike talks of his sensitive wrist action. No sniggering at the back there. Good grief, what are you lot like? Right, where's episode 38 gone? I don't want to return to the land of normality just yet. Yes, this is just another day down under. Catch you all next time.
That's the best Superb. piece of Jane's ever done. Superb, Jane. <laughs> I can't remember half of that. No, what she said, you have to go and listen. I think we should. I can't remember what I said. It's all a blur. At least I have the um, honour of um, uttering the first words. Rather you than me. <laughs> yes, and Koi Pond got you into a lot of trouble, didn't it? Yes, and not just with Jane, if memory serves. Um, after we tweeted about it quite a bit, um, I got followed by uh, somebody or a group who could only be described as the Koi Pond Mafia, who were clearly keeping an eye on me and their um, wonderful app. I'd actually like to know how many people have still got Koi Pond on their iOS app, and I'm betting not even Jane. No, somebody mentioned that the other week. I think it was Minster. Yes, but Minster's part of the Man Bites Marathon, that's so that's he, why. Yes, yeah, so that's probably where he picked it up from. And I have no idea why the Goombay Dance Band came. <laughs> no, I have no idea either. You're definitely going to have to go back and listen to that show and tell me why. Jane, and, and how is the... um? Jane, I'm not ashamed to be an ABBA fan. Maybe a Gumbay Dance fan. Well, no, I'm not a Gumbay Dance fan fan. Don't believe him, he <laughs> Let's is. get that straight, people. Um, how's my 60,000 people conversion coming on? Um, I haven't converted many people, but um, they have set up Yammer at our company, which is, for those that don't know, it's, it's like social networking for business. And I have set up a, an all things Apple group. And there's a lot of chat about uh, Macs and iOS devices. Oh, don't we know? Can I get my calendar on my iPhone? Yes, let's not go there. No, not again, please. Because that, that's not kind again. of illegal. So is using Dropbox at our company, apparently. You know what I did like? Go on. The 13 minute show. Because on that basis, we're not actually behind. No, we're not. Actually, no, we're not. no, no. Because no, this show must be running well long. It's virtually five to six weeks worth. So, um, last week really was last week. <laughs> and next week is already in the can. And next week will be, um, hello, Easter Bunny. <laughs> yes, that's it for 2011. <laughs> Don't tell them that. No, 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 really, seriously. Jane, that was fabulous. I'm seriously looking forward to part two of that as you romp happily towards episode 61 and uh, keep us all up to date with how it's going. Fabulous, fabulous. Thank you so much for that. Well, that's it for this episode of MacBytes. As always, we would love to hear from you. So please send your questions, comments, queries by email to macbytesuk at gmail.com. Use the contact form on the website or send us an audio file. And how about leaving a comment on the show notes at macbytes.co.uk? Don't forget to keep sending in your Mac Love Bytes and to like us on Facebook. And I'd like to say a big personal thanks again to all those who've left iTunes store comments. Some more would be lovely Christmas presents for us. We really appreciate that. Uh, don't forget to sign up for the newsletter, also at macbytes.co.uk. Now, Jane reminded me at the MacBytes learning event um, that we need to post the rest of the images. You're thinking, what images? Uh, the images of MacBytes headquarters. Yes, not only have I got a shiny new iMac to share with you, uh, but I also have new toys, new toys for me in the form of a lovely blue shock mount for my microphone. So that's meant a complete reorganisation. So I think we're going to go back to the beginning and start again and those pickies will be first in the newsletter so uh, sign up at macbytes.co.uk you can follow macbytes on twitter at twitter.com slash macbytes you can follow me personally on twitter at twitter.com slash elaine giles 
You can follow me at twitter.com slash thomasmike. You can follow me at twitter.com slash macbytesiri. But until next time, this has been Elena Mike bringing you Macbytes. Goodbye. Goodbye and see you next time. Don't forget me. Goodbye and see you next time. Do you ever get the feeling that the tech's taking over? <laughs> oh, definitely. Do you know, with a bit more training, I think Siri could do the entire show. That's an idea. <laughs> See you next week, Minster.